Okay, I'm going to try to get through this <laughs> this podcast without, yes, without yawning. That remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Who, I don't really care. Well, I do care in the sense that I wish I wasn't yawning every time I turn around. But not in the sense that at least I, I think, well, this is me. At least I think the substance of my podcast makes it worth listening to. Probably sometimes not, but you have to be the judge. There are uh, there are some I've done I felt very good about. There are many I've deleted you never got to hear because after making them, I decided it wasn't up to snuff. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to say or it sounded redundant or it just wasn't worth it. So I deleted it and you guys, never, you never got to hear them. And I don't know, if I just, you know, if I'm thinking you're not missing out on anything, then you probably aren't. Okay, we're going to talk. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Sorry. Be advised, most of my podcasts are directly related to conversations I have with people. Most of the time, it's a conversation that prompts the, the podcast, whether it's one with my daughter or a friend or, you know, male or female, it doesn't matter. It's just that the conversation I have with someone usually prompts the um, the podcast. So this is one that was prompted by a conversation I had with a woman about uh, a woman who would like to be married to a good man. Yeah, that that's it. Now, I don't usually say these things to women because I get in enough trouble saying things I do. So I I do avoid de- digging deeper into who they are because I, sometimes that can cause a lot of problemos, if you know what I mean. It doesn't go over well when you point out to a woman that maybe she's not, you know, prepared for a good man or maybe she's not um, worthy of it. You know, whatever the case may be, I try to avoid those things because, yeah, I'm looking for, I just took a shower, so I'm looking for my deodorant. I traveled to my daughter, so somewhere in this bag is a stick of deodorant. While I'm doing the podcast, I'm searching for it. So there, now you know what I'm doing. But anyway, um, yeah, I try to avoid pointing out those things, but I usually find um, many times that when a person tells me about something they want or da-da-da-da-da, I usually find the person is really grossly unprepared. In other words, if they had what they wanted, they're not really prepared for it, and because they're not prepared for it, it's probably not going to benefit them if they had it. It wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't last, put it that way. Well, I was talking to this woman recently, and she was... Uh, She was basically saying she would like to be married to a good man. Uh, And I'm going to define what a good man is. I'm going to define what a good woman is because there is such a thing as a good man. There is such a thing as a good woman. And then there's everything in between, right down to complete corrupt, corruptness, you know, worthlessness in the the sense, in worldly standards, not in the eternal standards. In the eternal standards, nobody is worthless. But in the earthly standards, well, let's just take the word worthless out. Let's say less than desirable. That says the same thing, but it's more. By saying less than desirable, we're, um, uh, we're connecting it to a person's, you know, wants and, and needs and stuff. So where one person might be undesirable to one person, they're very desirable uh, to another person. I've seen that where one woman couldn't stand this guy and I was just very critical of him. And this other woman thought he was great. And I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, it is really true that love is in the eye. Love is in the eye or is it beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, sure, sure is, ah, Shiza, sure is love. Love is in the beauty of the beholder. Yeah. Love is... Love is in the eye, or mind, I should say. Love is in the mind and heart of the beholder. Yeah, let's just change that a little bit. Cause, and it's true. Um, some women 
are very satisfied with a man that others are not, and vice versa. Some men, I'm super picky on women, like, I mean, beyond picky. Um, and I get criticized for it. Um, even, and I'm talking about friendships, I'm not talking about, in, well, intimate relationships, and I'm not talking about that. In marriage, I'm not talking about that because I already found who I want to be with forever. So the search is over. It's been over for over 35 years. I'm talking about, I'm very picky on women across the board in friendships, whatever. I'm also very picky about men as far as just having a friendship with men. Um, I want only the best, the people who can be trusted, people who are moral. Um, For men, I use the standard of how do they treat their wife? And that is a very good standard. If men are married, okay, I'm going to tell you the the way to do this. Um, If men are married, look at the way they treat their wife. That will tell you what kind of man you're dealing with. If he's dating a woman, look at the way he treats her. Very, very good. That's an acid test for men. Because good, solid men treat their women with great respect, regard. Um, I mean... The woman comes first. Woman, the same thing, actually. Um, You can judge a a married woman by the way she treats her husband. You can judge a a woman who's dating a man by the way she treats the man. Is she selfish and petty? Is she patient and long-suffering? I mean, there's a lot of things you can measure them by. But overall, does she put him first? And that's a sign of a good man or a good woman. So what is a good man? Well, first of all, he's honest. Yeah. He's honest. He's responsible. He's patient. He's he's not a fault finder. Um, he's a problem solver. Um, he's very gentle in dealing with people. He doesn't have to show off who he is. Not a show offer, as we used to call him, a showboat. You know, someone who tries to impress people or belittle people. Um, I'd say a sense of humor. Someone who his family comes first. His wife comes before the children. The wife and children can become before the friends and associates and whatsoever. So these are men who, if they're married, the family comes first. And in the family, the wife comes first because the wife is primarily the nurturer of children. So if you wanted to break it down in simple groups, you'd say a good man is a protector, a provider, a leader in the home, working together with his wife. Okay. He's very supportive of her. Um, he works with her, not against her. And he doesn't, um, he doesn't use her. A lot of men use their wives. He doesn't use her. He appreciates her. He cherishes her. On the flip side, what is a good woman? Hmm. It's very simple. A woman who's willing to work with the man. <laughs> I say that because so many women in the, this day and age are not willing to work with the man. They want the man to work with them. Now, that may seem juxtaposed in a way, but it's true. I have met so many women who wanted, not all of them, but a great deal of them, who wanted the man to work with them, but they weren't willing to work with him. Yeah. And they would throw it in his face. If you were a good man, you you would do what I want you to do. No, 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 no. Heavens. That's that's a whipped man. We won't we won't do the hyphen. We'll just say that that's a man who's not a real man. A real man would work with the woman, not for her. It's a big difference. And whereas a good woman is concerned, it's actually the opposite. A good woman will work for the man in a partnership type of thing. So in other words, for, there is, and I, I hope women will believe this when I tell you, men take, even well, I have to make, make sure I say this right. Most men, almost all men, take their role as the leader very seriously in the in the sense that they want to be the one making decisions. Now, granted, men have been known historically to make some terrifically bad decisions. Yeah, and 
and historically they don't listen to women when women are trying to warn them you know i wouldn't do that you better not do that it's not going to work out he's not your friend whatever the whatever the woman's trying to help the man understand most men are not good listeners to them yeah they're just not um but women i would, I would say this to a woman you will find you'll have a great deal more influence if you work for the man at least in appearances working for him women are much able or better able to influence a man and persuade him than they are to force him men will not be forced by women um and stay close to him now i've seen men just literally throw up their freaking hands and say you know you're going to do it anyway so the hell with it just do it sick and tired of listening to your mouth i've heard this um and they gave in and they just gave the woman carte blanche you know because they had no confidence in her to be able to restrain herself i've seen it work out where he was eating his words because she was, she did restrain herself and she did manage things quite well. And she did deliver on what she said she was going to deliver on. And he just stands there looking like, how did she do that? That happens. A lot of times it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't happen. And it makes the man even more distant from the woman because in his feelings, if she would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. I can tell you men resist that urge. Resist the urge to throw it in her face. She already knows it didn't work out. She already knows that she should have listened to you. More importantly, she knows that she should have worked with you. Not just listened, but worked with. So it's not productive to throw it in her face. It's more productive to say, okay, so how are we going to fix it? Keyword, we. How are we going to fix it? Because what you're saying to her is, okay, I'm I'm really just as much to blame as you are because I gave in to you. You know, I, I didn't work with you any more than you worked with me. This is hard to get men to admit this. Hard to get men to say this. And that is, it's my fault too. Men are very good about saying, well, I had nothing to do with her. That's your fault. You're the one who chose to, you know, a variety of saying. Very difficult to get men to say, uh, it's my fault too. I should have helped. I should have worked with you. I should. We should have made the decision together. I should have been a better listener. Whatever the you know they need to say that's true, um, it's true. If you have a man, this is for the women. If you have a man who lets you do your reckless, you know, with abandon um, pursuits. In other words, he just lets you do what you want to do, and it doesn't work out. And he says that to you. Um, you know, it's my fault too. I should have worked with you. Jump on that chance to incorporate him in that decision and say, and then, and this is how you get men roped in women. Listen to this. If he is willing to admit it's his fault too, or how are we going to fix it or whatever? He's just opened, he's thrown the door wide open to you to work with him. So say, well, what do you, this is the best thing you can say to a man who says that to you. You know, yeah, I, I you know, I should have worked with you or it's my fault too, you say. Um, well, what do you think we need to do? Tremendous, tremendous influence on a man when you default to him first. What do you think we should do? Or do you have any ideas how we can fix it? In other words, put the ball right back in. He's opened the door to you. You give him the ball because he just told you that he's willing to work with you. He wants to work with you. He's willing, he's just told you he's part of the problem. You know, he, he made mistakes. So his entreating you to work with him is giving, he's giving you the ball. And if you want to really influence and persuade him, give him the ball back. Let him lead. Men are supposed to be leaders in the home. The problem is most men don't get the fact that you're supposed to be leaders in their home working with their wife. They want to lead unilaterally. They want to show her they're such a good leader, they don't need her help. Well, that's It's false. They need her help tremendously. And when working together and agreeing and, and hashing out how things are going to get done, 
they're invincible. It's amazing what a husband and wife can accomplish when they're working together. I mean, I, I've seen it. Um, well, I knew this couple. They had a couple, two or three kids. I can't remember if it was three, but they had at least two kids. I thought, I think they had three. Two girls and a boy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, very good people. Loved each other. Crazy about each other. He, he was one to have harebrained schemes. I say harebrained schemes. I'm not exaggerating. Um, wild things. Delivering groceries, pulling it behind a, a bike. Really? You're going to support your family delivering groceries with a bike? Um, stupid. I mean, just outrageously, in my mind, stupid things, crazy things. The way his wife reined him in... Um, was was <laughs> it was so cool too? I was reasoning with him, like he, he said, "Hey George, I got this great idea, um, and it would save me gas and make me money." And I thought, "Oh, here we go again." But I resisted and I said, "Oh, really? Well, what's that?" He said, "Well, usually delivering groceries. There are so many I can't remember, but this one in particular." Well, I was thinking about contracting with um, grocery stores to, you know, pick up people's groceries and deliver them, pulling them behind the bike. And I said, really? He said, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of the money I could make delivering groceries, you know, and I wouldn't be using gas because I'm pumping my bicycle. Of course, me, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour. What are you going to do about inclement weather? How many grocery stores? Do you realize you're going to have to go to the store, get their groceries, go to their house? I mean, there's a lot going on. Who's going to pay you for delivering the groceries? How much are you going to get for delivering the groceries? Um, are you going to be able to just unload the groceries, give them to them, and leave? Are they going to freaking hook you into these long conversations? They're going to cause you to commit murder. I was thinking about all these different contingencies, um, and I just, I just felt like it was, it was stupid. So I said, I said to him. Okay. Have you talked to any? Have you done any research? Have you talked to any stores? Is there any? Do you have any competition? I started throwing all these things. Well, of course he hadn't done any research. No. Why well, do research when you have an idea you think is going to work? Um, didn't know about his competition. Hadn't talked to any stores. Um, he was so bought into this idea um, of that it was going to be successful. He wasn't looking at the reasons it might not be successful. So it was cool. So his wife said, well, if you talk to grocery stores and they're willing to do it and everything, um, and even if the money is good, how long do you think you're going to have to work every day to make a decent living? I was like, damn. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Well, you know, I'd probably be gone 14, 16 hours a day. You know, so he started defending it. Hey, it's going to take long hours, get it started, blah, blah, blah. So then she said, well, when are we ever going to see you? So in other words, she appealed to his other responsibilities as a husband and a father. Um, she was trying to get him to look at the big picture. Don't just look at this business that's good for the environment. And you've talked yourself into thinking you're going to make good money and support a family. Uh, with three children, a wife and three children, what prices are you, in other words, what costs are associated with this venture that you're not even considering? Time you're going to get to spend with your family, um, your church work, you know, your calling in the church, the things you have to, in other words, there's a laundry list of things that he, hadn't even, he didn't even think about. And she wasn't doing it in a mean-spirited way. She was doing it very gently. And she would say something and she was, you know, sit there and look at him. And he said, well, you know, well, I, I'd fit it in. So she said, you're going to fit us into your job? Like, I mean, the way she said it was, and she was right. You don't fit your family into your job. You work your job. In other words, you work your family life around your job. Yes, you have to have a job. You have to earn money. We own all that. But you manage things in such a way your family doesn't suffer by your desire to have this job or this pursuit, this business deal. So the way she was approaching him was um, you're focused on this venture, this delivering groceries thing, without considering the impact it's going to have on your family. And maybe it's not going to be successful. 
maybe you're going to invest buying the bike and the little cart and the whole nine yards, and you're going to discover you can't, you know, you're working all these hours and you're not making any money to support your family. What are we supposed to do? So she asked a lot of good questions, um, you know, saying she was willing to support him if, if it, you know, if she could, basically she said, if you can show me that this is viable, if you can show me that this could really work, um, then I'd be willing willing to help you do it. We could work together and make it happen. But like she told him, and I felt the same way. So there's too many unanswered questions. Um, this is like a person who goes and buys this beautiful kite and then tries to fly it during the day when there's no wind, which that was a very good analogy, I thought. And that was he talked to himself. He, in other words, he convinced himself that this was going to be successful. And all he needed to do was start doing it without considering all these other things. So I thought she did a very good job. And he didn't snottily say, oh, so you're a freaking dream killer or anything like that or buzzkill. didn't say anything like that. He said, okay, let me, um, let me find out about it. And I'll, I'll see what, uh, and of course, he found out that grocery stores weren't interested in having him haul groceries to people's houses. Um, and the grocery store was concerned how efficient he would be. And maybe because of him, people wouldn't shop at the store because he wouldn't, you know, he'd fail to do his job properly or, you know, in a timely fashion. And then the people would get soured on the store because they had him delivering the grocery. I mean, the store has some legitimate and like one store basically told him, um, there's there's no want or need for this service. You know, there just isn't. There's no demand for this kind of a thing. It's a novelty, which I thought it was too. Um, now, I lived in a college town where some guy, that's what he did during the day. And I'm sure he had health benefits from riding a bike. It kept him healthy and the walking. Um, but when you just spent $60 on groceries, you're certainly not going to want to spend another $10 to have somebody bring them to your house. And the distances and all different, and you know, and you're not delivering groceries in a sequential manner. You're deliver, delivering groceries according to the order. So if you go to the store and you pick up groceries for Mrs. So-and-so and you go to her address, um, most of the time you're forced to go back to the store and get the next order and then go from the store to the next address. So you could be going all different zigzag back and forth instead of leaving the store with enough groceries to do three or four deliveries before you had to go back. And that was a reality. Um, that I, th I don't think he considered that one, but it never went anywhere. He ended up not doing it. She was willing to work with him and support him if he could show viability in the venture. And the way she handled things, not bullying him or um, attacking him for a stupid idea or something like that, because of the way she talked to him and helped him realize things he hadn't thought about, he was willing to consider what she had to say. I think that's where a lot of women make their mistake. The male ego is like the size of Saturn. <laughs> it really is. Saturn's the largest planet, by the way, in the solar system. Um, I'd probably even say the star Betelgeuse, which is horrifically big. Betelgeuse is huge, unbelievably huge. Let's say the male ego is like Betelgeuse, the star in Orion, constellation of Orion. If a woman, whether it's a friend or a wife, doesn't matter, it just has to be a woman, you know, because that's how men respond to women who criticize them. Um, if a woman criticizes a man and attacks his ego, meaning his dreams, his beliefs, um, his being, it immediately causes the shields to go up and the sword to come out. Um, some men, just the shields go up. Some men are wounded before the shields go up, and they withdraw their affection. They withdraw their allegiance. I've known more men who cheated on their wife after 
the wife severely attacked them about something or belittled them about something. They sought the affections of another woman. That's why I think a lot of men cheat. Um, yes, sex is a big part of it, too. Um, you know, let's just be honest about it. You know, sex is a big problem when it comes to cheating. Unless the marriage is good, and, of course, the sexual relations are good in the marriage, men can tend to cheat on their wife. It's the same thing. I don't know how it is for women. I, I've talked to a lot of women. Most women, it was affection. Uh, most women I've talked to have cheated on their husbands because they felt unwanted, you know, unloved. Um, for men, it's usually an injury. Uh, sex is, I think, in some cases, a premier thing. But a lot of times, um, you'll find men are having an affair. The woman they're having an affair with is like their family. He treats her like she's his wife. Yeah. That's because she acts like how a wife's supposed to act. Whereas the wife, the one he's actually married to, has wounded his ego and lost his affection. Um, and usually she's not paying enough attention to him as a man for her to even notice he's having an affair. I have found in my life, experience with other people, that because um, I never cheated on my wife, never did that stuff. Almost in every single case, um, this is the reality I discovered. This is by empirical examination and listening to men and listening to women. When a man cheats on his wife, the wife who doesn't really care for him or love him doesn't even realize he's cheating, doesn't realize the inconsistencies in his coming home or working late she because she doesn't care about him enough to pay attention to him. Um, as long as the money is coming in, she can do her thing. Um, she's not suspect that there's anything going on. She doesn't even, probably doesn't even care most women. I've had women tell me, hey, I'd rather have him screwing somebody else because he's dead in bed. Um, I have to force myself. I have to pretend I'm enjoying it, George. I've had women tell me this. It was so bad. They had to just fake orgasms and, oh, oh, it's too much and all this crap. I said, damn, that's sad. It's the women who really love their husbands. They're the ones who notice the inconsistency, who don't feel the affection, the tenderness in a kiss. It's a, I'm kissing you so I can leave you and go to work, so I can go check out my woman, my mistress after work. It's the women who really love their husbands that feel the difference in him. And realize that he must be giving his love to somebody else. Because he's certainly not giving it to her. Um, some men are very, very good actors. They can fake it for a long time. Well, and I've told the story before. I'll tell it again briefly. A woman who was a friend of mine who um, they're married like 15 years. He's been having an affair since they've been married. Well, before they got married. they were When they were dating and engaged, he was screwing other women. But he was a freaking master actor when it came to pretending. Um, what he didn't know is about two years into the relationship, she realized he was having an affair. She knew it. And anyway, so they're married about 15 years and we're over their house and, um, it was like a little party, a little get together. Um, and she comes, she walks up to me and starts talking to me and we're friends. Um, I really liked her. She was nice. And so we're talking and then she says to me, Look at my husband over there. So I look over and I see him talking to this woman. But he's such a good actor, and I don't, I'm not involved with him enough on a regular basis to see it. Boy, when she pointed it out, dude, the lights came on. It was amazing because we didn't do much with these people. Um, I knew her before she married him, but really didn't do much with him. I didn't see uh, when I did see him. He was hugging her and giving her little kisses in the hair and on the side of the cheek and everything. Um, he appeared to be a man who really loves his wife. So anyway, she said, um, look at my husband over there. And I looked and I said, yeah, what am I supposed to be looking at? And she said, what do you think's going on? I said, well, and this is when she cued my analyticals, I started looking. I said, well, he's talking to that woman. He must really like her. And she said, how can you tell? And I said, well, look, he's leaning toward her. And he's, he's doing the things men do when they're really into a woman. 
He's laughing and he's nodding his head. He's agreeing with her. Um, he's acting shy and vulnerable. I said, that's what men do when they're really into the woman. And she said, yeah, he's having an affair with her. I mean, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not used to women saying stuff like me that blunt. Well, I had some, but not someone I didn't do a lot of things with or talk to. So I laughed and I said, really? I said, it looks to me like he's just really into her, whoever she is. And she said, no, he's, he's been having an affair with her for years. I said, years? And I, this is a thing that if men are listening to this, believe it. They know. If she loves you, she knows. If she doesn't love you, chances are you got her fooled. But if the woman really loves the man and the man's having a relationship with another woman, the woman knows. She said it's been going on. So about second year into our marriage, I realized he was having an affair with people. He was he was involved with other people. And I said, two years like that. I said, she said, yeah, we've been married for 15 years. I said, yeah, I thought 14 or 15. For 13 years, he's been having an affair. And this was the thing she said. No, I figured out it had to be going on before we were married. I just didn't figure it out till. You know, a couple of years into our marriage, I realized. And this is what she said to me. Um, he acted a certain way. For the first two years in our marriage, he acted a certain way. And then one day, um, when he was getting ready to go to work, when he kissed me, I felt nothing. Like nothing. Every other time I felt a connection, I felt like nothing. But it didn't, you know, it was just something like, wow, that's weird. And then... When, like, you know, we put the kids to bed, like you'd say, hey, why don't we get the kids to bed and do something? And they'd smile, which meant have sex. But she said, we, you know, we'd get the kids to bed, get them tucked in, and then we'd go in there, and he was like a different person. Um, the way he approached me, everything is that he, he did these little things that, you know, with me. And the way he treated me, I, it was, I knew he was doing, he was having sex with somebody else, I could tell. Because of the way he treated me and the things he did, um, he was more, he was kind of rough and he was kind of real um, hardcore type of stuff. Whereas before, you know, it was loving, loving sex, you know, where we had sex, but it was tender and loving and and teasing and stuff like that. Now it was just, you know, like pry my legs open and just jam me as hard as he could kind of stuff and pull my hair and all this other stuff. I realized, and she said the funny thing was, is he didn't realize how different he was. Um, he didn't realize I, I could tell that something was different. He just went, and then when he was done, he just got up and started talking to me and got dressed and said he was going to get a bite to eat and went down and started watching television. I was like shocked. Shocked that she was telling me such intimate details. Shocked that um, he wouldn't have realized that she would know. So I said, what are you going to do about it? And she said, well, we're in a lot of debt. I have the kids to think about. Um, I don't deal with him much anymore. I mean, he comes home and he gives me the phony kiss when he comes home. And, you know, he's good with the kids. Um, I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going to wait until the kids are grown up. And we get most of the debts. In other words, I'm going to stay with him till I'm in a position to leave. That's what she told me. And I said, wow, that's crazy. So it was about six years. From from that time, it'd be like six years, and the kids would be all out of the house. And I said, you can wait that long? She said, yeah. I've waited 15 years. I guess I can wait another six years. What was sad to me is that the relationship was so bad, she was willing to wait six more years and endure this to get away from him. And he didn't have a clue. He thought that she was, you know, fooled. Everything was fine. Um, like she said, you know, the, the laundry always gets done. Um, he comes home, supper is ready. Um, and she said another thing, too. He's, he, he changed because before... Um, you know, we'd have supper, we'd spend time with the kids, the kids would go to bed, he'd finish a few things he needed to do, I'd finish the dishes, and then we'd end up going to bed around 10 or 10.30, and we'd sit and talk and play, well, I call it grab ass, you know, foreplay is what other people would call it, um, 
So we started, you know, having foreplay, and then we'd end up having sex. In other words, there was, you know, talking to one another and cuddling and all that. She said, then it would lead to that. Now with him, it's just on demand. He just wants quickies. He just wants to have sex and get it over with. So it never was like that before. And I said, well, that's pretty bad. Point I'm going to try to make is this for the men. You cannot partition yourself. This goes for women, too, but mostly for men. Women are better at this than men in, in respect that most women are more honorable than men, um, in my experience. Um, for, okay, for the men. You cannot partition yourself to other women. You can't. You cannot profess to give yourself to your wife 100% and think that you can give half of yourself or whatever you decide. Men never think in terms of half or whatever. They just think of, um, they always think they're giving more to their wife than they are the other woman. Well, you might be giving her more of your time, might be giving her more of your money and things like that. But usually what happens is men get involved with other women, they end up giving the other woman more of their affection, more of their love, if you can call it that. <clears throat> Good women will know. Bad women really won't care. You know? Or I should say there's another class of women. Women that you've broken their hearts will get to the point where they'll realize you're lost anyway. You know, you moved on. Um, so they'll get over the, the pain, the disappointment, the hurt, and they'll become very um, businesslike. They'll endure you. They'll lay on the bed and pretend that you're the best thing in the world. They'll put up with your stupidity and your criticisms. And when the time comes where they can actually get away from you, they'll do it. Some stay, which is remarkable to me. Um, some settle, and they just realize um, they're not willing to take the chance. Or, or you know, at least I know. I've had one tell me that one time. Well, at least I know what I'm into. And I said, do you? <laughs> do you really? And she said, yeah, she said, George, I've been with him over 20 years. What am I going to do? And I said, I don't know. You have to decide. I said, I can just tell you this. There's no way under the sun I could live with a woman doing that stuff to me. Couldn't do it. Um, I'd want her to be, I'd want her to go her separate way and live her life. Because that's not part of my life. I'm not doing that to her. Um, and, and I said, the thing is, is you can kill someone's feelings to such a degree where they just don't want to be around you. They can't even stand to hear your name. You can do that to people. You can hurt them that much. My advice to women is this. Um, work with your husbands as, you know, as much as possible. Help him realize that working together with you is how it should be done. Don't do it by force because force never works with men. And if you think you're having success by using force, I will tell you it's a temporary victory. Men will adapt and find ways to get around you or they'll just become outwardly or out, um, let's see, outly, what's that word I'm looking at? Outwardly <clears throat> defiant and will work against you even if it means they destroy something. They don't care. Um, and when men feel the woman's working against them, their affection for you decreases. Um, they, because they see you as an enemy, you're working against them. So what will happen with men is when they feel the woman's working against them, they'll lose affection for the woman and they'll start working against the woman and they will look for another woman for the affection and the tenderness and the feelings of love because they're not getting it at home. Yeah, that's a fact. Men will do, even good men who won't have sexual relations with a woman will establish a relationship with her that's very intimate so he can have that void filled in his life. <clears throat> it's just a fact. So you have to decide. But those are the facts, and you can decide for yourself how they apply, and you can decide for yourself what to do. But I would say if you want a successful relationship, you both have to be willing to work together. And 
you know, and a woman has to learn how to persuade and influence her husband by not using force or the withholding of sex or embarrassing him from other people, uh, making him feel less than a man. You're not, a, you're not a good enough provider. You don't know this. You don't do that. This stuff never works with men. Um, they become worse, as a matter of fact. As time goes on, they'll become like complete freaking waste products. And you'll be thinking, why isn't he doing something? Because he doesn't want to. He's spiting you. Or you kills his spirit. He becomes, he becomes, uh, men begin to think that nothing they're doing or nothing they can do is ever going to satisfy this woman. So they give up. They stop trying. Well, they have momentary per periods where they all of a sudden start trying again. They're trying hard. But the moment you attack them again, it kills their spirit all over, and they go back to their old behavior. And before you know it, they're doing the same things they did before that um, cause tremendous problems in the relationship because that's men. If, if a man's drifting away from his woman and the woman entreats him and brings him back and supports him, he, he will, he'll be less likely to stray. However, if the woman sufficiently beats him up enough, um, he will seek the companionship of another woman. Yeah. And if she starts doing things, uh, that draw him back in, he will come back in. But if that crisis, type of crisis, begins to rear its ugly head, he will leave again to find the affections of another woman. That's just the way it is. Um, even though most men do not want to admit it. Most, because this is a fact, men want to feel loved. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel that they really make a difference for the good in other people's lives, especially their wife, first and foremost, then their children. If a man is made to feel like he is less than that and that he doesn't have the love of his wife, he will seek it from another woman. It's just a fact. I can't speak for women. Women are weird. I've known some women, um, they would just, they would live without love. They just would. Um, I've known some women who who had come to the point where um, like one of them said to me it was a shock to hear it from her mouth because I always thought she was a pretty passionate person. Because um, I, I don't like there's some women who just have to have a man. Then there's women who want a man. Then there's women who don't need a man. And then there's women who don't want a man. That's the spectrum. Um, the women who need a man are not independent women. They're, I call them servant women. The women who want a man are confident women who know that the best relationships in life for a woman and a man is to be um, married. It works best for men and women to be married. Then you have the women who don't need a man. Those are women who are probably severely hurt, betrayed, whatever, who, and this was, this woman was, I don't need a man and I don't want a man, basically. Um, her thing was she didn't want um, any male. Um, she didn't want a date. She didn't want to be married. She didn't, didn't want a, a live-in boyfriend. She wanted nothing to do with men. And when she told me that, she said, I've come to the point now I don't need men. I said, well, I'm happy to hear that. She said, I don't want them either. And I said, well, no, I'm not too happy to hear that. Because she was a very nice person. She was attractive. She was smart. She was just an all-around good person. So I said, I can understand the not needing him because <clears throat> I'm a self-reliant person, 100%. I want to do for myself. I said, I can understand. But what's this? I don't want a man. And she said, I found the solution to men. <laughs> and I'm whenever someone says something like that to me, thousands of thoughts are going through my head on what it means. So she caught me a little off guard. She said, um, I found a solution to men. And I laughed and I said, uh, okay, <laughs> what's the solution to men? And she said, darkness and dildos. 
And I, I burst out laughing because it was so ironic to hear that's a solution for men, darkness and dildos. I just started laughing my head off. I said, wow, you're, you're crazy. You're, you're serious? And she said, yeah. Turn off the lights and turn on the batteries and pretend. Oh, uh, to me, I never could go down that road. She was serious, though. She was serious. She said, I've come to a point where I don't want to deal with it. That's it. You know, I don't want to deal with somebody trying to run my life. I don't want to deal with somebody making decisions for me. I don't want someone, she's, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. It's not worth it to me. Maybe it's not. You have to decide. People have to make their individual decisions. That, to me, I don't think that's a solution to men. I don't. But evidently she did. And that's the way she decided to live her life. But anyways, I've said quite a bit. And oh, shiza, it's 45 minutes. Um. Okay, I'm going to close it out with a statement. First of all, you have to decide what it is you really want. Especially, I'm telling my daughter, um, that's probably one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life is who you marry. So if you have any reservations, any concerns, don't do it. Because you, I told her, you're not going to fix a man, Claire. It doesn't, men aren't fixable. By, uh, by exterior forces, men never get, are fixed anyway. You know, they're just not. Men are improved upon when they make the effort to improve themselves. Men can be better than they were, um, but you'll, you'll never find any single man who is perfect. You just won't. We're all flawed. Um, I said that's first and foremost. Second of all, the way he is before you marry him, that's the way he's going to be probably for the longest part of your marriage with very little change. Men don't change a lot. They don't. They incrementally change little by little, degree by degree. Um, they get better. Um, they, they learn truths that have been around for eternity. All of a sudden, they you know learn this new truth, and boy, they're on board with it. So maybe the first 15 years of your marriage, he was like lost in space, and all of a sudden he realizes, I should be doing this, or yeah, this is what I should be doing, or the kids, or whatever it is. It's like Eureka, I found it, you know, moment in a man's life. You got to be patient with that. Be Like I told one woman, I said, yeah, my husband just had a freaking epiphany or something. I think that's what he called it, and I said, really? Yeah, he all of a sudden he realized he wasn't treating me as nicely as he should be. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, so what's the problem? She said, because it took him this long. George, we've been married over 10 years, and all of a sudden he realizes he wasn't treating me nice. And I said, well, don't piss and moan. Be glad he finally freaking caught on to it. Now he's going to do something. I said, that's a man thing. Uh, you know, he knows it, so now he'll do something about it. I said, if he, if he didn't realize it, you could go another 10 years. And she said, bullshit. I'm not doing that. And I said, no, but... Just just do me a favor. Don't say, oh, wow, what would you do, knock your head on wood or something? Don't say anything like that. Quietly let him treat you better and show your appreciation when he does treat you better. Um, and when he starts to go the other way, gently remind him of that epiphany um, or say, you know, I don't know what's going on. I mean, things were really nice. You, you, were, you were being nicer. You were treating me nice, more nicely yesterday than you are today. I said, this clue him into the fact that he's slipping. And I said, most men will make the adjustment immediately when they realize, um, you know, like if you just say, you know, you hurt my feelings. Boom. I said, that's what you got to do with men. You have to tell them directly. You can't say, I feel sad, because they're not going to say why. Most men are going to think, huh, it's just too bad. But they're not going to ask you why you feel sad. With most men, you have to tell them directly. Um, you know, you hurt my feelings making fun of me in front of those people. In other words, you got to be very specific. And then they get it. Because I'm one of those. You have to just tell me. I usually just tell people. And I'm shocked that even though I just tell people things, they act like they don't believe me. Or they act like, um, for instance, if I just tell them, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like going there. 
they somehow take that to mean, well, he really wants to go, but only under certain conditions, and he hasn't told us what the conditions are. No, if I tell you I don't want something, it means I just don't want it under any condition. If I tell you I want something, it means I really want it. And if I really want it, I'm going to kill myself to get it because that's how I am with things I really want. I will put in the work. I will do what I need to do, and I'll do it in an honest, open way, too. I won't do it behind the scenes. Um, so for men, women want the details. They want the time. They want the attention. They want the beating around the bushes. Women, men don't want the beating around the bushes, and if you don't freaking hold a picture in front of them and explain what the picture is, they're not going to get it. That's just a man thing. So, men, be more patient with the women and be more giving. And women, be more patient with the man and more accepting of the fact that men need to be told things directly. I mean, no beating around the bushes, no, you know, giving examples. Um, hypothetically, there's a friend of ours whose husband wasn't treating his wife nicely and she's not happy. <sighs> As far as he knows, you're just telling him a story about a friend. The most men are not going to pick up on the fact that you're talking about the way he's treating you. And he'll say, yeah, I guess it sucks to be her. They're going to make some off-the-wall comment and go on with their life. It's not going to apply. you got to be specific. The way you're treating me, I, I don't appreciate the way you're treating me. I don't appreciate the things you said to me. Then the lights come on. And not always not all the way on. There's a dimmer switch on men. Some men, the dimmer switch goes right to the top and the lights are burning bright. Other men, it gets slid to the halfway position and the lights are not all the way on. You have to reach over and push that dimmer switch up to get them to catch on. Okay, I've spent a lot of time on this. <clears throat> not going to spend any more. This is life. Um, you know, it's like it, it says, it's your thing. Do what you want to do, you know, because I know I'm going to. All right, goodbye.